Today is Tuesday, September 25th, and I hereby welcome you to the Tuesday Morning Esports Talk. I'm DT and I'm the host of the show. Thank you very much for joining me as always. Today we will wrap up the Face It Major 2018 in London, and silly season started early this time, I guess. So we will be talking about uh, many of the moves that the teams have made or have probably made in the last week. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to talk about so let's get to it so i guess we will first talk about the face it major and it's wrapping up in the end we had astralis who came out victorious and I don't. I don't think there's a lot to say about this because it was the Astralis show, and maybe it's, it's the beginning of an Astralis era, or um, they have definitely established themselves to be the best team in the world by far. Um, and in the way they in the way they did what they did, that was that was the, um, the astonishing part. I, I watched them uh, extensively against Face, obviously, um, in the quarterfinal, and I thought to myself, "Wow." Um, how couldn't face do this it's it was always like okay if they if face won around that they they uh, scraped by made it happen very narrowly it was a very close time each almost each time almost each and every time where they had gun where there were gun rounds um face wasn't even able to make that rather consistently um, but in the end, Face did the best um, when it came to performances against Astralis. Liquid and Navi weren't even able to take them double digits um, once. So I guess in the end, it was Face who, who, yeah, who had the best performance um, against them in the in the playoffs. Um, the only time we really saw Astralis struggle was against Liquid. Um, in the third round of the Swiss style stuff, format stuff. And that was when they lost in overtime, where they, yeah, overtime is always a, a tricky thing, obviously. And yeah, uh, I guess Astralis is a team to beat right now. They are setting a new standard for, for Counter-Strike that, that has not really been seen before, I guess. Um, even when Fnatic was dominating in, in 2015, um, they weren't really they weren't really doing what Astralis is doing, um, because Astra they, they have it feels like they have they have figured out how to play the game. They, um, I guess it's it's quite annoying to hear that all the time, but it's it's really the case that Astralis is playing the the probabilities to a perfect degree. They almost never um, make the wrong decision in the case that they aren't always fruitful, obviously. That's what percentages mean. That's what probabilities mean. You don't have a 100% chance of, of, of succeeding. But when you, when, you see them, when you see them make a play and then when you evaluate their options afterwards or even before that, you would always come to the conclusion that, yes, this is, this is the... This is the procedure that should follow here. They are in a, in a situation where doing this particular thing uh, yields the the best chances of succeeding. 
even if, like I said, they don't end up succeeding, um, this is the, the right approach to take because you can thereby minimize failure. A team like FaZe or a team or any other team actually, um, or even Astralis in the, in the same vein, but they, the thing is that they don't do that. Other teams might do that. And the thing that I actually wanted to mention here is not only because you you end up winning a round, just because you end up winning a round doesn't mean that you made the right choice. That's always the case in, in, in everything, actually. you that's, that's also part of our private lives. We don't always take the, take the right decisions, and the right decisions are not always... Um, yeah, don't manifest themselves uh, in the way that you can say that by succeeding you did the right thing. Obviously, you did because you succeeded, stuff like that. But in a, on a consistent basis, when you have to do it in a in a in a competitive manner, um, and you have to do it again and again and again and again, at least sixteen times in, on on one map, um, like against MIBR. Um, then you you have to you have to play these percentages because or it's the best way to do that because you then thereby get the best chance of winning. Um, there's there's this concept in in mathematics that's called uh, the law of great numbers. I think it is called that, and um, I don't really I'm, I'm not really sure about the about the English name, but um, there's this, like I said this concept where it says that when you look at really really large numbers then the it's it's like with flipping a coin when you flip when you flip a coin 10 times although the 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 probability of getting heads is 50% there's not really a there's not really a guarantee that you get head five times when you flip a coin 10 times when you flip a coin two times there's not really the guarantee that you get heads head one time um the <clears throat> It's not really that improbable that you get tails two times when you flip it two times, or that you get tails six times uh, when you flip it ten times. But as as you flip it you, uh, more often, more often, more often, when you get to one hundred flips, when you get to thousand flips, ten thousand flips, then it averages out. And obviously, there's not the real. A probability that you get heads 500 times when you flip it a thousand times, but it's closer to 500 than, um, in a percentage-wise, in a way than it will be um, when you flip it 10 times. So, the the larger the numbers get, the more the probabilities shine through. And of course, when you when you have a have infinite infinite amount of of, of flips of a coin, then you get fifty uh, percent of fifty percent will be heads and fifty percent will be tails, and that's the way that Counter Strike works in a sense because you play these rounds over and over again, and by playing the percentages, you get the best chance of winning in this in the long run. And this is this is why you don't always win a tournament like that, or you always win a map, or you always you don't always win a round because this is only one try. You don't always win a map because, of course, you have thirty rounds. Um, and you don't always, you don't even always win tournaments because I uh, know you have six maps, eight maps, depending on the tournament, um, ten, twelve maps even, um, which could be the case sometimes. But usually, I don't know what's what's the 
what's the average amount of maps that you play? I guess seven, six, seven, eight. I don't know, something like that. And, and this even then means that you don't maybe always uh, win the tournaments with doing that approach. But in in the long run, um, over a year or over more more than one year, um, it it uh, figures itself out, and that's the way I think Astralis have perfected the game. And if it works like it worked last week in London in the playoffs. And you can't even you can't really ask for more because this is the way that it's intended to do intended to, to be played. And when you look at the at the performances that they showed against Liquid and Navi, especially, um, yeah, there's there's no real way of arguing against this uh, from a competitive standpoint. And the the thing is that the only thing that you really can the only thing that that makes sense to to criticize, which is, like I said, not even from a competitive standpoint, is the fact that it was boring to watch this. Um, it's not about flashy plays, although we we also have some flashy plays uh, from time to time, obviously, because they are not only a great unit, but they also are great players. But, yeah, it makes sense for people to say that, that it, it's not really that... Yeah, there's the suspense is killed. Obviously it is, because... We had Navi moving through from from the upper bracket, uh, from the uh, from the upper part of the bracket, um, when they won against um, Big Clan and they won against uh, MIBR, and they yeah made it look easy in, in their own right because they don't didn't really have anything to um, yeah to to overcome in that case because it looked quite easy. Um, and then you had Astralis who obviously went through um, on their own path. So in the end, you had you had a rather deflated playoffs because you only had one series. Now, yeah, one series that went over three maps, and it was the Liquid versus Hellraiser series. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there wasn't really it was it was a huge suspense killer. If there would have been another bracket set up with uh, not only the best teams being in the up in the lower in the lower part of the bracket, and where Stratus had to beat them. Uh, down, down because the other teams weren't really able to to accommodate that. <clears throat> then you maybe would have had a, a little bit more suspense, but the way that it worked out is the way that it worked out, and you can't really fault Astralis for winning. So that's the way it went down. That's the way it um, it now stands, and I think that um, Astralis had a had such a great performance. That teams are now, um, if they weren't already, are now on the way of, um, yeah, making sure that this something like this doesn't happen again, and that's that must be their their main priority, um, that they at least get more competitive. But Astralis won't sleep either. I don't I don't see them as an organization and them as players as 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 a type that will now rest on the laurels. I don't think they will do that. And so it will, will be even harder. <clears throat> and it's it, it's when you look at Astralis, you don't really think, oh, okay, what are they going to be improving upon because there's not really a way that they can. But they can, they always will be. There always will be will be new new stuff new things that they will be able to do. Um and imagine a world where Astralis doesn't have to worry about cage anymore 
Now against Navi, they were able to not ban it because Navi is it's a it's a perma ban for Navi, and Navi wasn't really able to to float it themselves because in the case that Astralis picked it, Navi would have had major problems. Um, but yeah, even even against teams like FaZe, um, where they would have been able to, maybe they would have been able to play cash. Imagine that. Imagine they would have been able to play cash. Um, imagine they are able to play every all of this all of the seven maps. Um, that's what they what which they are in a way, but they aren't in a way because, like I said, uh, cash is not really their their forte. But yeah, they will be um, there will be room for improvement still, and thereby the other teams would have to um, yeah get get their. Um, Planning stuff out of out of the way, and then they will be able. To, they should be able, have to be able to, um, to improve and to make sure that they close the gap to Astralis because it's it's very much needed. I'm especially looking at the next tournaments. They won't be able to to fix a lot of things for these tournaments, obviously. But yeah, I guess that this is something that they will have to have to do um, to yeah. To make sure that, like I said, something like this doesn't happen again, because, yeah, they wouldn't really want to see something like this happen again. So, like I said, um, in the beginning and the introduction of this podcast, there's a lot of stuff going on in, yeah, what do you call it? I guess city season, um, which has started, I guess, a bit early this time, um, especially. When it happened throughout the major, actually, or uh, yeah, it actually started uh, while the major was still going on, and we have a lot of a lot of things to talk about. So I get, I guess we will get get through them quite quickly, and I think that um, I will be able to provide you with a much shorter episode this time than there was last time. Um, so yeah, let's get to it. I think the first wall of action that we have is um, Gambit. Um, Stating that they are able to uh, ready to begin negotiations regarding um, the transfer of Hobbit, um, yeah, and they came out with a statement where they said um, that they um, would provide him with the opportunity to obviously talk to other teams um, and to, to talk to other teams themselves. Um, he will be leaving after ESL One New York, and um, he said that, or they said that. Um, yeah, they are uh, they are supporting him in I don't know um, looking at future endeavors and thinking about transferring and stuff like that. Blah blah blah. And this actually makes sense when you look at the fact that they there were reports that uh, stated that they would that Gambit would want to drop their whole roster. Um, yeah. They were not satisfied with the way that, that it performed, um, which is a, which is a pity because just last year they were able to win a major. But I guess look at where Cloud Nine is right now. So this is not really uncharted territory. But um, yeah, they are uh, I guess trying to transfer Hobbit um, and getting a compensation for him um, before they. Or what the thing is that they actually want to get compensation compensation for the players for who they are able to get compensated um, and afterwards I guess they are going to drop the other guys in order to 
um, yeah, I don't know, either create a new team or um, get out of the scene altogether for at least a short period of time. Um, yeah, they are going to be, um, like I said, they dropped Hobbit or they are getting, they are opening up the transfer of Hobbit. Um, and when you then look at the team, at the rest of the team, of course, we have Adren, Doja, um, Mu and Mir. They got Mir from Vega Squadron. Um, yeah, and I think that Hobbit obviously has a has the highest ceiling of these players. I think um, maybe I'm wrong about this, and maybe Adren was, would actually be um, someone who's who would be worth more in a conversation uh, discussion. But yeah, the thing is that they they have Hobbit now on the transfer list, like I said, um, and the other guys. I don't know what will be happening to them. But like I said, from the reports that they are going to drop the whole team, I think it makes sense for them to to open um, their best players up for transfer negotiations, and maybe they will be able to be compensated for the for their contracts. I don't know. Um, we will be able to see how they actually will perform at the one New York, which will start tomorrow, and um, this will be the last uh, performance we will see of this game at Rosta, and afterwards we will we will make we will be able to make more sense of this. Last month, um, there were other reports coming out about the fact that um, there will be a new French team, or there's a new French team on the horizon, um, wrapped around the the, um, the currently benched player from G2, NBK. And uh, last week, we read reports that um, Team Vitality is a team that is uh, trying to expand into CSGO and they would want to sign this team um, because the huge problems last month even were that uh, I guess we all, we all, we all know them um, is that uh, NBK and Apex are still bound to be on a, with a, con- on a contract with G2 and yes, Zai Wu, who's um, the third player next to NBK and Apex um, who would be part of this team um, is also still bound to uh, AAA or AAA against all authority. Um, yeah, and these contracts will need to be bought out. And but still, the team um, seems to have found itself. It's like like I said, NBK and Apex. It's Zaiwu, and it's Happy, and it's RPK, and. Um, yeah, the last two players were obviously uh, released from Envyas back in June, and they are now free agents. But um, yeah, this is a team that is, I guess, set in stone for now. Um, they will be the new, the new, the, the newest uh, French lineup. And um, I've read many, many comments about this, um, this lineup, about this team, about the chances that this team might have. And most of the people said that. They would be able. They would even be um, the first first choice French team. Now they would be better than G two, and I'm not really sure about that because we also we still have Shocks and, and Kenny S on G two. So it's not really like these uh, two still or suddenly become slouches. Of course, um, we had now major at the major we had problems with existence um, not showing up at all on the flagging aspect or on the flagging side of things which in 2018 Counter-Strike still is, 
it just isn't enough um, to only be providing with an in-game leadership. You also have to make frags. You also have to have to get into the into the scoring and into the killing and into um, yeah into the gaming aspect of into the mechanic aspect of the game, not only into the into the leadership role of the game. Um, and you also have Smiths, um, who obviously uh, is touted as a as a does two genius, but other than that, um, he doesn't really perform either. And you had Body, who uh, yeah, who was even worse in the last weeks. But um, yeah, I guess that um, people must have forgot that we really weren't weren't able to see anything good from Happy or RPK in the last last year or in the last time at least with Envias. Um so I'm not really sure about that but it doesn't really matter anyway because it would be an interesting uh, team to, to watch and I, th- and I hope that this gets resolved rather quickly um, for the if, if it even if it even will be resolved uh, quickly because I, I always thought that NBK and Apex are getting are staying on the G2 payroll. Um, not only because because obviously they would be would have to be bought out um, for them to 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 leave the team, but it wasn't like the other teams weren't weren't really interested in that. I think Cloud9 was interested in that at one point um, to get at least NBK out of the roster. Um, and Mouse Sports must have thought about it when they when they signed Snacks, and I think they did. Um, but I, like I said, like I said, at least I thought about it. Um, but I. Th- the the reason for the high buyout, I th- in my opinion, was uh, the fact that I think that um, Oslota wanted the players to stay um, in case they would want to want to put them in the lineup um, that they that they have running right now um, and replace some players from there. But yeah, if obviously they get bought out by by Vitality now, um, this kind of changes things and. Um, yeah, if it even is the case, because um, it's not really set in stone, like I said, for right now. Um, it would be great for, for a team like Vitality to join us um, in the CSGO community, um, because they are yeah, one of the most um, or one of the most prestigious um, organizations in France. Um, they had the uh, European champion of uh, FIFA last year, um, Vitality Rocky, obviously. Oh, he, he, yeah, I can't really call him a European champion because, yeah, that, that's that's a whole other another situation. They, he won uh, the four champions uh, championships. Um, he wasn't he then, but the, but he then didn't win um, FIWC. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going on on a, on a whole other tangent now. But I actually would just want to say that Vitality is one of the most prestigious and one of the most successful esports organizations in France. So. Um, in other teams also, they also have a League of Legends team, obviously, um, who, who was quite successful um, this year, and they're going to Worlds um, this year also. So, um, yeah, it would be would also only be of benefit for for us as a CSGO community if, if such, a, such an organization um, makes their way into a Counter-Strike. So, um, we'll have to see what happens. We all remember Fnatic's performance at the Major. We all remember the social media outbursts of the players um, after the tournament ended for them in the um, in the fifth round of 
of the Swiss uh, format stuff, round stuff, yes. And um, we now can witness the first uh, reactions within the roster um, from that. And we were able to learn on, let me just double check, on Friday um, that Fnatic would bench Flusher. Um, they, he has been benched by the team. Um, yeah, they they um, they dropped out of the Star Star Series tournament, Star Series Season Six uh, tournament. They actually withdrew, withdrew from that, uh, as did NIP. And um, yeah, there were, were a lot of were a lot of talks about um, the fact that they would be replacing someone or they would make roster changes. And although NIP since came out and said there would be no roster changes, Fnatic didn't, and it makes sense why because yeah they would make roster changes. Um, like I said, they bench Flusher now, and um, yeah the future of Flushers um, will be topic in, in the next few minutes. But um, for now, like I said, Fnatic bench Flusher. Um, they are they are getting Scream, um, the Belgian player Scream. To stand in for them for ESL One New York, which will start tomorrow, and um, yeah, it's it's quite crazy that Flusher is being is the one um, who is now being benched or being uh, let go. Um, but I guess it makes sense um, because yeah, from from the outside, or there were were a lot of reports. There's been a lot of mumbling and talking about the fact that. Um, a player like Crims uh, tweeted out, I think I mentioned this last week, um, there's, that he said, yeah, it's, it's bad to play with negativity vibes or there's a lot of negativity in the team, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, obviously there was something wrong with the team and um, we actually got that confirmation from Draken and from, of course, other players. It doesn't, they don't, Things like that don't happen. When when there's smoke, there's fire. So things like that don't happen um, if everything's all right. If you lose, you lose. Okay, but if you like, if you stay, if you stick with each other in a team, and if you are an organization or a group of five people that um, that like to work with each other, um, and when then afterwards you lose, then you just lose. It's not like just losing is the reason that some things explode. <clears throat> there must be other reasons. Um, obviously, reason, uh, losing can be a reason um, for, or can be an outcome of people not liking each other, but it also can not be a something like that. Um, actually, what I just wanted to say is that, um, yeah, Flusher is now um, outside of the, of the, of the spectrum. He, they benched him, and it kind of then makes us wonder, okay, is Flusher maybe the the source of this negativity? When you look at him in a game, in-game, and you, you look at their facial expressions and you look at how he reacts um, in the game, during the games, um, then maybe this is something that doesn't come to any surprise for anyone. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's all, also, it's always, it always depends on how, how something in, in the inner circle works, and we will I guess never be able to 
to to talk about this and to see and to get confirmation on that. But um, yeah, these these actions obviously uh, have uh, impacts on or have an impact on the way we see things and makes sense for us to now believe that Flusher was maybe at least the the um, the forefront uh, reason for that and he's now being let go and they are trying to get Scream now like as I said as a stand-in and that now obviously opens up the question of Fnatic going internationally uh, international um, with an international lineup um, because yeah this would open up many many possibilities obviously um, but Twist who has recently been benched from Red Reserve is now also a free agent again but he also stated that he, um, or it has been stated that he um, rejected offers from Fnatic before, and it's not really sure if he would now want to rejo- or join Fnatic this time around. Um, but this is something that has been will, will have to be talked about after ESL One Cologne. Obviously, like I said, they dropped out from uh, from the Star Series, um, which would happen afterwards. So they will have to. Have, they will have a few, a bit of time afterwards to, to sort out this issue, and yeah, that's the way it's going to be, I guess, um, for the next few weeks for Fnatic. Another report has come out recently, um, two days ago actually, when where um, it turned out to be the case that North uh, are now in talks with Cadian to replace MSL. Caden obviously with uh, is the game leader of the of the rogue roster, and um, yeah, MSL has been Ingham leader for North or I guess Dignitas previously uh, for three years now. So um, yeah, it would be crazy uh, to see him replaced, and it would be especially crazy to see him replaced um, because of the fact that with North you always have have this I don't know with North. It always looks like, uh, or kind of looks like that North is, in a way, uh, scared to be successful, because we all know that North won um, Stockholm right before the major. Of course, they then dropped out of the major uh, in the in the challenger stage already, which, um, yeah. Couldn't have made them happy, obviously. Makes sense. Um, Yeah. But I wouldn't understand why they would do that now. I'm I'm not not actually completely against the idea of changing something. Although I'm always one of the advocates that says give 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 some give something time in order to grow into something um, or else we will never have have people who are able to um, compete against Astralis. Uh, none of the teams will be able to do that if they constantly change stuff in order to yeah um, get get some get something new until you actually realize that Consistency is key in that in that aspect, but now with North, I think it's crazy that um, they would they would now get rid of of him of MSL. Um, I, I wouldn't know. Maybe something happened in the in the background that we are not aware of. 
um, that now has made um, North think about this. Like I said, they are in talks with Cadian until now. Um, at the time of this recording, there's there aren't really any news about this, and it hasn't happened yet. But like I said, they are in talks, and even being in talks is crazy, in my opinion, because yeah, like I said, I I don't really understand why they would do that now, um, other than other than the fact that something happened in the background that we don't that we don't know of. Um, but for Caden, it's it's a great it's a great chance if it turns out to be the case that he will be able to go to North, um, going home uh, to de- to Denmark, um, would be a great thing for him, and obviously, yeah, I think that North is a, is an organization that pays way better than um, an organization like Rogue does, so it would be an upgrade on all fronts for him. Um, yeah, other than that, it's it's uh, quite mysterious in my opinion, so. Um, it's not really something that I will be able to talk about much more, um, but we will have to see how it turns out, um, if it actually manifests itself in a move, or if it stays in being with, being in talks with Kadian and yeah, they don't really have any, uh, they don't really have a lot of lot of time because, um, yeah, they will have to um, l- make roster moves quite quickly because they have to lock in um, their roster. On the final roster for ESL Pro League uh, in a few days already, so yeah, we will have to see how this how this pans out the next few days. Finally, we will be able to talk about Optic now, and we will actually stay with North as a topic at least a little bit because um, Optic are now eyeing um, Nico, um, yeah, as a replacement for Gate, and Gate would then actually return to North. Because he was on loan um, for North, um, or for, from North to Optic, and when, yeah, when they signed Mertz, if I actually remember this correctly, I hope I do, because now Mertz actually then left the lineup, obviously, and then they got Nico, uh, North did, not got Nico from Hero- from Heroic, um, on loan, I guess, only on loan only because. Um, this is the way that is being presented right now, and now Optic are setting their sights on him. Want to sign Nico as Gade, who has been on loan from North to Optic, um, will return to North. A lot of confusion. A lot of uh, players been switching around in the last few months. Um, now being on loan from here, being on loan there, um, heroic, poor, poor heroic. Is caught up in the middle of this um, as the organization that has, of course, the uh, the fewest, um, yeah, options in order to um, monetary options. Obviously, let's just uh, call it like this. And um, yeah, they are now obviously in um, in this in this crossfire in in a case in a sense um, between Optic and North and. Um, yeah, it looks like this is the way it's going to go. I, I don't really understand why um, North would get rid of Nico. Um, but I actually said just a minute ago or two minutes ago that I don't really understand why they would get rid of MSL. Um, something might have happened. Something um, might have gone down. Um, or, or Nico just doesn't really want to stay with North and rather would want to go to Optic. Um yeah, 
it's it's always kind of, tr- kind of tricky. We we can only speculate of on what would happen or wh- why would why something would happen, um, which is always quite hard because even in evaluating the future of these of these moves, um, it's not easy to do that without knowing why something happened. Of course, you can also always say, okay, now Nico get optic, uh, optic at Nico, excuse me. Optic at Nico, now Gate returns to North, and they will have Kadian now, so, okay, we have Kirby, we have uh, Valde, obviously, we have um, Gate, and then they will get joined by Kadian, and, um, yeah, um, then, then now this makes them a better team than that team, Optic um, will now obviously have Nico and uh, Kadian Config and um, yeah, they will be better than the North because they have better players and the, the play style of them fits better. Of course, this always makes sense and you can always talk, make these arguments. Not saying that I'm making these arguments now, but just in a hypothetical aspect. Um, but without knowing why something happened, it's kind of hard um, to really evaluate stuff. Um, also for the future, because if Nico got now ousted by... North, because of the fact that I don't know, he's still hard to work with, or um, they don't really like the way he, the, his attitude towards the game, and um, these these aspects that don't really have anything to do with play style. Um, it's really hard to say. Okay, Nico will will be fitting in quite perfectly with Optic because if there are personality issues behind these these things, then yeah, this would obviously make it hard in any for him to be successful in any team. Um, at least in the near future, until maybe he has changed or something, um, or, or the the surroundings in the other team that he's joining now. Like I said, this is all hypothetical stuff. I don't know anything about personal problems or personality problems, or anything like that. I don't, I don't really think that this is the case. But let's just let's just just make pretend it is. Um, then maybe him moving on to the other team doesn't really change that, or it does change that, and then this is also something to to make note of. But without knowing that, like I said, we don't really we don't aren't really in a position to to make these assumptions. Um, <clears throat> just going from going from 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 the player skill or from uh, from from these uh, things and talking about this and making and then yeah evaluating who's the winner of this trade. I can't really do it because I haven't really seen um, seen a lot of both players in order to make sure. To evaluate that in a proper way, I think Nico. I, I think Nico did a did a good job at um, at Stockholm. I think he was an integral uh, integral part of the team's success. Although he, in a way, was uh, the worst performing player on the team rating wise, but I think he, the positions he played were crucial to the fact that players like Valde, um, especially Valde, obviously, um, was able to to p- turn up in the way they did that he did. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, if the other players on, on Optic will be able to to make these um, yeah, to to make use of of this, these performances as well, or maybe it was only a fluke. Uh, like the whole tournament win of North seemed to have been a fluke. Uh, if the team is not um, yeah happy with the way that the, the roster has been set up, um, which is crazy and it's all right, but. I guess we we will we will now move on from that. I uh, I don't think that I, I should um, have to 
yeah, I, I don't think that it makes sense for me to talk even more about this because um, I actually talked about that enough. So I will get to the last topic now. And so as last topic, I actually promised you an update on Flusher and I am uh, here to deliver because Cloud9 um, are now in negotiations with Flusher um, to be a stand-in at uh, Blast Pro Series Istanbul. Um, yeah, he has been benched by Flight, like I said, and he's now touted to be replacing Stuko on the Cloud9 lineup. Stuko has always been only a stand-in for the team um, since he has joined. Um, for ASO one Cologne, I hope I'm not wrong about this. And um, yeah, Flasha is now close to being reunited with Golden. And after now, after this, uh, all of this came out, there have been uh, reports, or there's been, a, I've, I've read something about uh, along the lines of um, um, the fact that Flasha was actually quite happy with Go Golden as an in-game leader. Um, but yeah, JW and Crims would would not have been as happy with uh, playing with him as an in game leader as Flusher has been. So in the end, they got rid of Golden, obviously, um, and then replaced him with Exist as an in game leader. And yeah, I actually talked about things falling falling out uh, in the team and negativity and stuff like that. And now from that aspect, it makes kind of sense. Or it could make sense in a in, in a way, because if if there's a player on your team that adds, or let's just go chronologically through Fnatic. Of of course, they won IEM Katowice, they won WESG, and they were actually in in talks about uh, replacing Golden before that. So they want, would want to get rid of him before that. Then of course they got that huge success had that huge success and in a way this um, then made all of them stick together and say okay let's let's try it one more time and then there was this famous golden um, I stay tweet um, where he said that yeah he would he, he himself announced that he would be staying um, and then you, you have you have a success like this from the team they um, Proved that they would be, they were able to, to amount to huge success, in a way. Obviously, um, they won against Face in the final, and Face uh, should have been able to win that, but they didn't. Um, so this, these are also s some circumstances around around this. But let's just stick with the facts here. Um, Fnatic won, and they were able to do great things. And afterwards, they haven't been able to replicate that, and then. They actually said, "Okay, Golden doesn't lead us anywhere. We need we need a better in-game leader. Um, we need to make changes to the roster." And then you have a player like Flusher, apparently, who has been quite happy with the way Golden has been leading the team. And then they got rid of, got rid of Golden, and maybe he wasn't he wasn't really happy with that. Now he he's sitting there maybe and thinking, "Okay, I actually would want would have wanted him to stay, but I could actually then." Be happy with the move if we get better by making that move. Although I I stated that I would want, would would have wanted him to stay, um, but I trust the management and the other players in the team that they think about making the right decision for the team. Like I said, this is all hypothetical. 
Um, but okay, then just give them a chance and let them show that maybe by making the moves that they would want to make, would want us to make, that we, we would get better. Then they obviously don't get better. Um, Fnatic then has signed Draken um, and got rid of Lecro. Um, Lecro is now playing really well with NIP. Um, and then maybe you, this, this kind of gets frustrating because you are in a situation that you haven't decided yourself to be in. Other players have decided this for you, in a way, maybe. If if that is the case, like I said. And then he's sitting there and thinking, okay, we didn't get better. Um, the things that I w would have wanted us to do haven't been done. And then you get into, get into a spiral where you think, okay, if we would have done with what I said, then we would be better off now. And then you get frustrated quite quickly, quite easily, and you get maybe even... If, if you are the type of player that does that, or a type of person, not, a, not even player, but the type of person who does that, you maybe get passive-aggressive or you get actually aggressive um, in a way that you get fr so frustrated with the situation that you don't find yourself to be in because of your choices that you let that out on your, on your, on your fellow teammates and on the, on the staff and on everyone else, I don't know. Um, this, could, this could maybe be the case, and I would actually understand that in a way. I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't want to say that it's right, but I could actually understand that when you don't, when you, this is always the case if you, if you find yourself in a bad situation because you didn't, and you didn't even make the choice. If you made the choice yourself, you can live with that and you can say, okay, I made a, I made a bad call. Um, this is on me and I would actually have to get, get used to the situation and get, um, yeah, I could, I would actually have to, have to live with myself in that situation um, because I did it myself. But if, some other people chose for you and that you find yourself in, a, in an undesirable situation, then this is maybe something that you have to, um, you struggle with a bit more. And like I said, I don't, I'm not saying that this happened in this case, but this might have happened in this case, um, especially when you look at the fact that now Flasha is interested in playing together with Golden again. So, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, like I said, Stiko has now been replaced. Um, with, uh, apparently has been replaced for Cloud9. Flasha is going to stand in now for, um, like I said, Blast Pro Istanbul. And yeah, it sucks for Stuko. Um, he actually came out and said, I'm going to talk about this in depth in a few days. Um, yeah, and this was yesterday or day before yesterday, um, I think. And until now, there hasn't been anything. Um, but yeah. Uh, we will have to see how this how this pans out and how they actually will perform now, and how Flush and Golden will be able to work together together with Automatic Russian Skadoodle, of course. And um, yeah, Cloud Cloud9 will be interesting anyway because um, of the fact that they now will have to change a lot of a lot of things um, in order to to stay competitive. We saw that in the major, and yeah, Flusher now as a first step uh, as a first stand in to see how to see what could happen and yeah i guess that's it for this as well and with that we arrived at the end of this week's episode you know the drill by now if you have any questions suggestions or other remarks please let me know on social media as always all the important links are in the show notes of this episode if you want to voice your opinion about this podcast, I really appreciate a rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this right now. Any kind of feedback is highly appreciated. F finally, thank you very much for listening and I will catch you guys next week.
See ya.